Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Frequency Matters podcast. I am your host, Kim Fendi, and today I will be having a wonderful conversation with a special guest, Thornton Streeter. All right, well, thank you so much for coming today on Frequency Matters podcast. This is episode one, and I'm honored to have our very first guest, Thornton Streeter, here with us today. And if you would like to just go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners, that would be wonderful. I'd love to. And perhaps also a little bit about um, uh, about why I'm doing this with you as well, because it, it was such an inspiration and I'm so delighted to be a part of it. Um, I started researching the human biofield about 30 years ago um, when I actually had an accident. I banged my head pretty bad and um, was kind of losing energy would be a good way to describe it. I felt like I was kind of leaking energy. Um, So as a lay young theologian, that's what I was doing at the time, studying at university, I I got interested in in the holistic health sciences. So I then, I've had a career all that time doing research into a subject which very interestingly is taboo in in modern health sciences so is a sort of certain amount of navigation required as well and maybe we'll go into that a little bit um um certainly we 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 see a future where there's more of an integration of understanding from all aspects of of health and and i look forward to that yeah absolutely me too i really loved what you said the other day when we first started to discuss the the concept of of really like interviewing some of the leading edge research going on or the people that are doing doing the research. You said in quotes, because I, I wrote it down because I liked it so much that um, we would be really kind of talking to the subjects that have been taboo in university. In, I'm sorry, taboo in universities yet flowering in their own silos. Yeah. And I really love that because I think it is time for this information to come together and really get out to the people who can really use it and test it and benefit from it. Yeah, and that is everyone, of course, and yes. and not just people as well. You know, I mean, I'm opening a a, a, a holistic um, uh, center here in Mexico. And it's there's no separation between people and animals. If you come and have a uh, a session here, you may be sitting next to a cat or a dog. I love that. <laughs> Neat. We we all need healing. Sometimes. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Yeah. So yes, that's that is that is the issue I think in hand, and um, it's up to us to do and stage a kind of velvet revolution because there's very powerful lobbies involved in healthcare, as you know. I think the whole um, current sort of um, global concerns is based on um, the pharmaceutical industry rather overplaying their greed. Um, and it's all kind of coming out in the wash. And as I understand it, you know, there's a there's quite a pushback against that kind of kind of tyrannical behavior, um, especially when it comes to personal choice. And, you know, we we had that taken away from us in the last couple of years, just as a matter of, uh, you know, flick of a switch. Suddenly things were mandated and 
and that that really became quite sinister for a lot of people so yeah i think i think there's some interesting currents to to navigate but um i think it's 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 something we all want and i think the important thing is that you know for many years pharmaceutical classical science kind of poo-pooed integrative health sciences as a kind of quackery um I don't know whether that was just because they didn't look at the science of holistic um, process or whether, you know, it was a little bit more nefarious. But I think a lot of really um, important work has been done in the last few decades yeah. to prove the efficacy of things. A really good example would be energy psychology. Um, I remember going to the first conferences for energy psychology by ASAP, you know, not that long ago, maybe 15 years ago, and all of these poor psychologists were losing their jobs and their tenure and their their livelihoods um, because they were bravely saying, you know, I've discovered this new thing which works really well and I'm fed up with a lack of progress with traditional um, psychotherapy or, or whatever it is that they were doing. And now... In energy psychology is recognized as a as an uh, efficacious and powerful tool so it was just a very good lesson for all of us other modalities how a group of professionals can create something based on a very solid foundation and um and i think you know this is as we were also discussing earlier very much a part of the waft and weave of healing you know, working with sound and light. Um, you know, when we bang our teeth together, they percuss and they send a signal down our meridians, which is a harmonizing kind of tracking, scanning frequency. Every time we eat, we're doing this. And yet we've come so disconnected from the relationship of our teeth with the rest of our bodies. Um, we're quite happy whacking metal plugs and all kinds of things. Um, and yet when we reskin a drum, we don't do it with a sheet of metal. You know, there's, there's, there's lots for us to share and learn um, in the development of an integrative health understanding. And um, there's a lot that's been, um, sort of trashed and and that's undermined the efficacy of medicine altogether and and we now don't have health services that serve the people that they were designed to serve and this is in every country in every country in the world um you know i come from a global perspective in that i worked for many years in other countries from the one that i was born in and um and once you leave the comforts of the western world <laughs> you know we soon realize that you know doctors don't want to work in rural areas you know they get stationed in india they get stationed by law as part of their kind of paying back the government for the education and they just leave their station because they want to go and earn money in the big cities so you know there's no medical care for thousands of square miles i mean i hate to say that but you know this is the reality of of modern medicine it's 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 a more business than than caring and uh, we need to put the care back into healthcare. and i think that's what we're doing today you know we're we're, we're addressing the ways 
and the techniques to empower each and every one of us yeah. to, to manage our own healing journey. And I think that's very important. Absolutely. I fully agree. Hmm. So tell us about what you have done in your past or some things that you're working on that will help uh, put the care back in healthcare. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, and perhaps also with a, with a sort of focus on your theme for your series. Um, I mean, I've been very lucky because, you know, we had a supported research lab in, in India at the United Na Nations World Peace Center. And when I say supported, I also mean protected because there was actually a lot of, um, there were a lot of attempts to kind of get our work closed down actually which i think is relevant it's relevant to say it's poignant um but we we soldiered on and um we did some fascinating studies literally into the a to z of healing because early on we realized that natural medicine wasn't getting well served in the research environment so for i guess about 10 years i just sponsored and supported with my support um you know, a, a huge number of studies that we just wanted to do, like what is Ayurvedic medicine look like in terms of diagnosis? If if a doctor's trained all these years and he calls someone Vata, Pita, Kapha, what does that relate to other modalities of diagnosis? So we would get different doctors to make diagnoses of the same patients. So we could start seeing the commonality between them all. So a lot of groundbreaking work that needed to be done back then to kind of bring people to the table, let's say. Um, my training, um, as I mentioned, I was doing theology at university. I then... Um, joined an Indian institute and spent quite a few years basically studying the anatomy and physiology of the human biofield. That's really what we call it now, but it's also known as the aura. And um, it's funny, you know, it's reduced to a kind of um, woo-woo a booth in a in a in a, um, a mind-body-spirit show, you know, that, you know, people don't really understand you know what the aura is um but from a very practical basis um you know the, the science is crucial you know uh, to look at it from a very human perspective um there are different states of matter solid liquid gas plasma now we when we go to the bathroom we crap out the solid waste or we puke it out um when we pee we 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 pee out the the liquid waste we sweat we spit also um when we when we come to the kind of um gaseous waste that's more the sweat and the breath so the body's designed to emanate these different elements in different ways because for example with the plasma in our bodies which is perhaps related to consciousness, um, that would be so fiery that it would burn your rectum or urethra if we had to eliminate it through those systems. So we have a special elimination system called the skin and a number of very special points called the acupuncture points that we fire out and eliminate this bioplasma and that makes up our aura. So wow. it's, 
the, the auric field is waste huh. on one level. It's our eliminations. The body's super efficient, but also like the Earth's atmosphere, it protects the body from incoming, you know, incomings. <laughs> right, like radiation and... Yeah, whatever it is. Like I did a big study in Denver not that long ago and all of these young kids who were like signing up to do this holistic renewal program that wonderfully is happening in the cities around the world they all look like candy floss i don't know what you call it in america is it candy or uh, what fluffy stuff are you getting the cotton in the candy state? cotton candy okay so everyone's biofield at the start of my study looked like cotton candy because that's the that's unfortunately what young people have to do to go out because of all the stress and impact in the urban environment it's like a submarine diving to the deep so they have to sort of create this cloud of protection around them this is most young people in the urban environment this is an evolutionary stage the only problem is that's a load of heavy stuff to be carrying around and they can't be getting on with other stuff with their biofields, which is right. holding them back. It's probably part of the sort of suppressive design of our deluded overlords who, who think they get to decide, you know, who and, and what we are. Um, but that's all over now. You know, we're celebrating a great victory, which is the victory of freedom, you know, that whole weft, twisted globalization thing has left such a horrible taste in people's mouths you know we just we're not going to stand for it and they realize it they're all running in their boats to their little islands oh well so i, lo I love how you kind of frame it as a cloud of protection do you think this is something that they they consciously do or is this just as a like a byproduct of survival well, I mean, um, it's definitely a new thing um, that is happening since the industrial age. Um, it's a safe mode, like on a computer, it has safe mode. So it, it, it's maybe a nice image, but it, it's not necessarily a good state. I would call it a kind of, yeah, like candy floss state, you know, like they're sugared up and bzzz. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is they're early in, they're in their biofields have many, many different functions but they're only using it for one thing, which is to um, to protect themselves, right. which is great. It's important to do that, but you know it's not the only thing that um, the biofield can do. Um, let me give you a little example, okay? Because yeah. it's important for people to really know what what who they are. No, this is crucial. Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. Yeah. So. From an esoteric perspective, they say in different traditions, the soul enters the body on about the hundredth day. And then suddenly in that first moment, that first breath, we emerge out of this zero point of potential and the tape, the, the, the heads go back on the tape. We stop doing that fast forward playback and we're suddenly back on the tape, live and present. Yeah? Now, when we emerge from the womb out of the zero point, we're emerging into one dimension, okay? It's all happening in a millisecond. The point is emerging, okay? Now, who's the first person we see? The mother, the brother, the other. So that takes us from 1D to 2D. 
that my consciousness leaps to the nurse, the, the, the brother standing there, the father, the mother. Okay. So that's 2D. And that's why when we do any kind of non-medical diagnosis, yeah, assessment of biofield, all issues to do with relationships are frozen in that second chakra. Because the first chakra is 1D and the second chakra is 2D. Okay, two-dimensional. Okay. First, us emerging out of the womb, one dimension. The second is the instant burning connection we make with our mother, the brother, the other. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Now, over a two-year period in the baby's development, it then becomes self-aware. Okay, so that's as we rise up to really understand space, the 3D of space, and that happens at about two years old. You know, when a child looks in the mirror at a certain age, it thinks there's another child on the back of the screen. So it walks around to find this other child. It doesn't realize looking at itself. Yeah. But after a while, it becomes self-aware. And so in space, it doesn't keep banging into things and is just like more aware of itself as a separate entity. So anyway, what I'm suggesting is that the lower three chakras act like kind of um, plasma jet vents, like on a space station, to keep this individual still. Like we're standing on a ball that's spinning at a thousand miles an hour in a part of a solar system that's rushing to the constellation of Hercules that we don't know what speed. And yet you and I both feel still. That's really important. Stillness is really important. Yes. And our lower three chakras are subconsciously firing and to make sure we feel still. And they also have other connections. No, the base chakra is connected with earth. And also we spoke about solid waste. So, you know, uh, the, the, it goes earth, um, water, water's all about emotions. So that's also the second chakra family. So in terms of the realignment of diagnosis with the elemental understanding of human nature, this is what's happening now. We're not doing this abstract, hey, we just invented this new drug. We've got a hot patent on it. We've trained all these guys around how to see this kind of kidney disease that this drug is needed for. And suddenly everyone's got that bloody kidney disease. It's a racket. Modern medicine is an absolute racket. We first of all have to not just point at the elephant but like you know dematerialize it digest that elephant into you know fit for purpose service of mankind which is not what we've got at the moment but we know what we want this is important kim we know where we're going and to a certain extent that has to happen it's like the genie's out of the lamp what are you going to do about it Try getting him back in. <laughs> this one ain't going back in. Right. So so what we're saying is that the lower three chakras manifest us in space. And the heart chakra is our connection with time. Hence, the lower four chakras manifest us in space-time. Yeah? And that's what most people live with. That's 99% of people just do that that's where they are space time no but mm -hmm. certain people have got an urge a sort of kundalini rising within them to to activate their higher sensory perception 
Now that's 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 top table stuff. You've got to be a proper wizard to do that because you're now operating beyond space and time. And if you've got an agenda like fixing a horse race or a stock market, well, you can do that. So spirit has a purification system. You have to travel through the the ring of earth, which means you have to accept death and be buried. You have to travel through the ring of water, which means you have to accept your your annihilation by drowning. You have to travel through the ring of fire, which is the solar plexus. And that also will burn off the chaff of your soul. And then you have to pass through the ring of plasma, which is this heart chakra, the wave of time. And most people can't get through those purification lenses because they have egos, they have envy, they have baggage, they have pockets. Yeah. So then they don't get to play with higher sensory perception. That's why it's people like Dolores Cannon who get to fly around out there. So, yeah. so, so my point is, is that the lower four chakras are effectively our board, our surfboard, and we stand on it. And in order to stand on the board on the wave, you have to be present. And that's what life and consciousness is all about, is being present, not dragging anchors in the past, or firing tentacles out into the future. Right. It's about presence. And when you're present, you can heal people because you're holding space for presence. And that's total healing. It's total alignment. It's harmonic with nature. Is that what's this thing called your show? Frequency matters. Yeah. That's what we're talking about, no? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's that. Yeah. And so, matter, what does it matter? You know, matter is such an interesting concept. You know, we've got such a misguided understanding of matter because we think it's solid. You know, we've created a world where matter is solid and there's a separation between the edge of something and something else. But it isn't like that. There are no edges. We don't even have boundaries. Boundaries are training wheels for wizards and witches. You know? We have to transcend all this, like Cartesian pigeonholing. You know, I did a study for my doctorate about disease, and I wasted a whole year because I put all of the different disease states as per categorized by medical state. And it was total bullshit because no five people with cardiovascular problems have the same symptoms. <laughs> they don't even have the same status. So that's a wrong way to 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 pigeonhole people, no. So I had to start again, and then we 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 did our atlas of disease states, um, which um, it's called the uh, mapping the trajectory of an in, sorry mapping an individual's health trajectory or something. That was the the title of it. But the point is is that when we know who we are and what we are, then we can seek health. But if we have a suppressed understanding of what is a human, I mean, what they're selling at the moment is human bodies in, yeah. in, a, in a hospital. They're not recognizing the human being. That's a fundamental flaw. And as I mean, you know, I've done a lot of work with entities, the eight schools of, of medicine in India, the Vedic sciences, there's one whole branch called boots, even, you know, the church has its whole racket on exorcism, there's a massive 
massive scam going on in medicine by giving people psychiatric drugs when they have entities. And I can show you those entities. So again, you know, this is very simple technology. We've put it in the phone now. I mean, come on, what is this nonsense? This is with the biofield viewer. Yeah, we call it the soul mirror on on online so you can we're a bit sneaky you know we don't go with apple or any of those um big brother people so you have to find us in portrayal or something and sign up but i'll give you a link and okay. you can share it with your listeners for a month or so free to play around with it awesome yeah and then you can do all kind of sound therapy things and do before and after and then we'll we'll all meet again and and look at compare notes no it'd be fun absolutely very cool Mm. Um, so, yeah so my the, focus sorry go ahead I'm sorry go ahead I was just going to tell you the rest of the story up through the chakras because Please I think do. you have to finish the story now yeah so so basically if you imagine you Kim when you're in your healing state are standing on your board in a perfect position riding the wave that we call time okay now that wave is not a crashing wave on a beach this is a wave, a frequency wave, that travels like a bore up the river of consciousness. And you ride your wave. Now, you can fall off your board. You can get back on the board. But when you're riding your wave, the bore up the river of consciousness, you're present. Because you're not pulling anchors down in the sand. And you're not firing out future thoughts about what should be in your diary next week. It's here, it's present, okay? So when you're in that state, you get access to the sports gearbox, which most people don't have a clue what it is. And it's a triage between the throat chakra, the brow chakra, and the crown chakra. And many people who live in the kind of compromised, I drink tap water and fluoride isn't calcifying my third eye idiocy, this is going to go straight over their heads because you actually have to do something about it if you want to use this equipment. You can't loll on your sofa thinking that you're immune to the cognitive dissonance and the spraying and the um, herding that's being done. So if you want to use this equipment, you've got to go out and live kind of a bit jungly because... Let me tell you a, a side salad a little bit. I was talking about this last night. In the old days, the Masons used to make big rooms because they understood the nature of our biofields. Now the realtors are into making profits, so they stack the boxes. So my crown chakra energy is often having dinner with my neighbors and their arguments. Now, how we used to deal with this in the old days between when we had full-sized rooms not everybody i appreciate that but um most poor people lived in houses no that didn't have oppressive energies on their heads because they just had sticks and straw so it was only a problem for those people who actually lived in buildings that they had to honor their own energy fields but because of again the commercialization of land and property even these buildings started shrinking so that's why we developed cornicing which is that plaster work around the edge of a room to stop the corner 
of our energy field being tucked back in on ourselves like a kind of a pasty. And that's a big issue. Living in a box is a big problem. So if you're living in a box, trade it in, no? So, so sorry. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's, it's suppressed knowledge. Yeah. Unfortunately, they want us stacked. And there's no they. There's no they. There's just... Yeah. You know, you go and find they, there's no they. There's just a deluded bunch of idiots like Bill Gates and Schwab. I mean, they're, they're quaking in their boots, these guys. There's no they. There is no they. Right. It's just all of us, you right. know? Right. It's much healthier to focus on what can we do yeah. within our own control than they, they, they. But it is a, a good awareness to have that the world has not been set up in our favor well yeah but then so that's work the to plastic be done. world but that's the plastic world gaia gaia hasn't noticed globalization don't be fooled if gaia gets concerned about something she shakes her petticoats and we all fall off you know don't don't worry about gaia right. and certainly don't you know anyway right. so 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 my point is that we're riding the board down through the wave of time. And what is time? Time is, this, uh, in my opinion, it is a series of now moments strung together. Lovely. I call that um, the procession of nows. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, but it's also, you know, when the Greeks first started measuring the heartbeat, we used to beat at 60 beats a minute. It's only because of modern society that we're in such a rush. You know, we're actually tuned in with the planet, but we have capacity. We're all running in the orange and the red right now. So we do need to slow down as part of this transformation. You know, and what we're approaching now is a kind of point of singularity. And it's like, it's like you know, they say that a rich man can't pass through the eye of a needle. It's that kind of thing, you know, and so, you know, we have to pass through this point of singularity, each and every one of us. Um, and, um, you know, horns don't fit. Right, right. Got to do the work to rid the ego from control. Take yeah. It over. Yeah, exactly. over to the soul and spirit. Pardon me? Surrendering over to the soul and spirit. Exactly, exactly. So now I want to talk a little bit about the triage because this is where sound comes into it. Yes, you know, um, you know, what is this? You know, once we understand that, you know, we're we're a device that's equipped to be now, but once we're now, we've got all these other features which most people have never explored. They have experiences in their lives, spontaneous, but this is something we can we can go to school about <laughs> and learn how to use yeah. and and it's and ideally it. kind of take back the optimum uses of this equipment you yeah. know yeah. and so for example i did a lot of studies into distant healing okay now that healing could be sound i mean the one that i'm thinking of at the moment was a kind of technique um called body talk um, I did a study with a fellow called Kaimi, and we presented it at um, 
the International Society for Subtle Energy and Energy Medicine Conference, which used to run every year in, in Colorado. Um, fabulous thing, organization. And so what was fascinating for me, we were kind of reproducing other studies that we'd read, but he was basically in America and I was 12,000 miles away in India or however many miles it was. And um, we had 10 people who had all responded to uh, uh, an appeal for people who weren't well to come and have a, an assessment and so forth. And, you know, we do all our studies double blind. So all our in-house doctors care for all of our people but they just may do it in a in a in a in a clinical environment in a study environment so anyhow um Kaimi got on the phone literally he was just on the phone and you know it's when you do research it has to be time logged and you know witnessed and independently and all kinds of things and he basically just started going off about this guy the first person we had in our room and he was making a full diagnosis of the guy. And we just, we were expecting just to get treatment, like to have him affect the guy. But he just started telling us everything that was wrong with him, which we thought was pretty fascinating. And it wasn't anything to do with the study. So anyhow, yeah, I mean, the treatment that Kaimi gave to this guy, it happened instantly. We could watch it live happening instantly, which means that healing happens beyond space and time so it's one of those processes that we get to do with our higher sensory perception or as i call it our sports gearbox you know what do you call it and what the sports gearbox sports gearbox you know like in a car you have one two three four five gears uh-huh they just have this sports gearbox which lets you do other things and access uh -huh. other aspects of the car Gotcha. Now, I call this the flower, you know, okay. because like, say, with the soul mirror and with I can see 700 people in a day and have a meaningful impact on them. Um, I don't know many other doctors who can do that. And the reason why I can see so many people is because I only need to see them for a few seconds in front of the biofield viewer. And I can give in, I can give them a very meaningful set of instructions. Now, I think that's very important. And the reason why that is so is because the, the, the system is holographic. Mm. And what that means is that you can see a small part, you can see the whole system in every facet. So for example, uh, ear acupuncture, auricular acupuncture, you have the entire body in the ear. Mm -hmm. Same with face reading, we have the entire body in the face. Mm -hmm. Same with tongue reading. Same, yeah, reflexology, but even spit and hair analysis, they all give the full holographic understanding from a drop of blood in a live blood analysis. We can tell everything about everybody, you know. So once we do holographic diagnostics, then we're really kind of on the button, no? Because yeah. what modern medicine does, it compartmentalizes all the different parts of the body and creates a separate thing, like a clock. Your kidneys are down that corridor and your liver's down that one. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Totally ridiculous. So I'm going to come back to the, the higher sensory perception sports gearbox because it's important for us to realize this is our own self-healing equipment. And to tell you a few more things about it, I see a lot of issues in people's throat chakras. 
okay and um a lot of there's there's two kind of aspects to it and and um and this is actually you know i think there's a lot of congruence in the biofield community about assessment you know if you look at all the different charts like maps of emotions you can google map of emotions or body chart of emotions and you'll see that they all have the same um anatomy and physiology in the biofield so sadness will lie on the chest for example um and when it comes to the throat chakra what we see is that if there's a complete pooling on the throat with slow vibration colors like red for example we call that shielding. We don't call it blocked energy. Somebody may call it blocked energy. They may take an old fashioned way of healing and just clear it away and flick it into a, a bowl of salty water or something. But modern healers don't do that. Modern healers respect the individual in front of them so much that they've created a new language where you're not leaking energy, you're venting. You're not blocked, you're shielding because we honor what the person is doing in that disequilibrium or that status quo that they're in. Because we have to understand the epigenetics, we have to understand their environment, we have to understand what's triggering all of these aspects of self. And so if you're sitting next to a psychopathic lunatic in the next door cubicle at work, who's sucking the living daylights out of you, the chances are you're going to have some kind of shielding going on. Now, as a therapist, I don't know that's what's happening to you, Kim. So it'd be crazy for me to wade in there with my concrete gloves and start clearing all that important shielding you've got going. Yes. Yeah. Because that's going. So we, we, if you go back into that environment, it'll just come right back. Well, yeah, but they're also a bit more vulnerable now because they haven't got their shields up. Right. Um, so, so, so the point is, is that we really need to get to the bottom of things. Mm -hmm. it's not good enough we have things like healing crises when we kind of don't quite hit the bullseye we're now entering an age of precision guided healing where we don't have to have any wobbles or any healing crisis or any kind of like it not working you know so that's really beautiful for people that they can use an app totally on their own they can go through their own healing journey using tools like sound and light mm -hmm. to address to address the fundamentals, you know, of self, mm -hmm. all the things that matter. So um, the throat chakra often displays a kind of pooling or shielding relating to people not being able to speak their truth. Yeah. Um, but it also goes into more detail with its patterns and symmetries that we can observe in the live biofield imaging session and um and so that could relate to this person speaks their truth but they don't feel heard there's subtleties you know in the process mm -hmm. and um and i think it really helps you know i often start by saying to people your picture is telling me to tell you you know like it's just it's just here but things have evolved quite a lot, you know. Um, I I started realizing that that people were able to fix their own issues instantly, especially those that had some training in healing. Mm 
Wow. And it was a really powerful way because a lot of healers kind of sweep their own stuff under the carpet. And yet it's really important that the healer is match fit, you know. Yeah. Um, Self-care is the most important thing for a healer. If a healer is not taking a spa day every week, they're in the wrong job. You know, they, yeah. they, they should understand that their well-being is even more important than their clients because right. they're holding space for their clients to get to where they are. Right. I think that's it. I think that's like the old way, the old way of doing things is that the healer would take on all the, all of it, and in the end, end up ill or yeah. sick because they've neglected well, yeah, themselves. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. I mean, I think we've. Yeah. I think. I think that does tie in a little bit with what we've been talking about. Um, um, and, and. You know, there's certainly very interesting books about this subject, um, codependency in a way. Um, John Davidson springs to mind, a brilliant Cambridge scholar in our field. Um, yeah, so, so, so yeah, that's why I'm a champion of self-healing, because I don't want to get tangled up with your shit at all. I want right, to and it's you. empowering, empowers the individual to take... It, you know, matters under their own hands rather than being self, you know, reliant on somebody else external from them when they have all that they already need inside, just as I do exactly. as you. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I guess I'm that bully, <laughs> a gentle, because I really feel that, especially with healers, you know, that I like to call them to account, you know, come on now, you've got this. And it's very powerful because they sit in front of the biofield view alive and I show them, gee, look, your kidneys are showing up in your face. And so let's fix your kidneys right now. Let's do it. Nice. And like, wow, you can that's see so the changes crazy. live. Yeah. So I think that's important. That's Everybody's true. going to get, get off their stool and get match fit. No, mm -hmm. we were slightly scared at the moment. So yeah, I think I think that's the kind of thing that's coming out, you know, like a uh, a wonderful toolkit of first aid and chronic care tools, which are totally based on either sound or light or a combination of the two, because that's what matter is. Yeah. It's cool stuff. You know, yeah. 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 So so once we go beyond the throat chakra and we get to the brow chakra, well, that's very interesting because because that's all about intent, isn't it? Focusing our intent. And and what we're all noticing more than anything, I guess, is how powerful we are in this place, you know, like and how like it's really getting kind of, I don't know, activated or whatever. I mean, I certainly am, you know, I'm really like I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I'm feeling it big time. And um, and so that's that's kind of where we're operating from, you know, when we're in our higher self, because it's we're, we're, we've got a triage happening with these, like a, you call it a braid, don't you, in, in America, a plait of, of, of very powerful of energy that, that is all operating beyond space and time. But I want to talk about the crown chakra, because we've all heard in our esoteric research about the silver thread or the silver cord that comes out kind of somewhere back here. And it's like the, the kite string that allows us to 
astrally travel or remote view or do any of those parapsychological, very well proven attributes of higher sensory perception. Um, but what I suggest is that if we look at the Christian parable associated with the chakras, we find the seven deadly sins and the seven heavenly virtues. And what the Christians always try to do is like couch esoteric information in very digestible stuff. And that's what the story is about the seven deadly sins, because it's the corruption of the chakras. If you look up the seven deadly sins and the colors associated with them, and then you also look up the chakras, they're exactly the same colors and they have a similar order. So anger is red and so forth. So, um, and we are red with anger and green with envy and so forth, no? But in terms of what are the deadly sins, um, you know, maybe your listeners can go and explore this little journey as a self-healing workshop. Mm. Um, but to speak about the crown chakra, the corruption of the crown chakra is called um, pride. Mm. Yeah. And the activation of the crown chakra is called humility. Mm. Okay. So pride closes the aperture of the crown. So we end up with just a little silver thread, but humility opens it. So we end up with a divine connection. Our toroid opens up more like an apple. And we have this huge vortex coming in the top of our head because we are moving energy by choice. Yeah. yeah? And so we get access to the maze. That's, you know, it's like the devil is in the detail. I accept that. But beyond the devil's detail is divine. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So what do you mean by that? Devil is in the detail. Beyond the detail is divine. Well, if you look up that expression, devil is in the detail, mm -hmm. it's a very common English saying. And it's kind of like turned into corporate small print. But what I'm saying is beyond all that bullshit is divinity. And we just need to connect with it. It's like a, a veneer on a table. It's just yay thin, this devil's detail. Gotcha. That's just a, That's what I'm saying. Distraction. Yeah, all this fear, man, all this fear. It's it's crap. It's got nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. We're so abundant. And if we're not abundant, we need to do some bun dancing. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I feel that the crown chakra is everything because the crown chakra allows our toroidal being to kind of level out and be its proper shape. It's not kind of like, like a bean. It's more like an apple, a sort of sacred apple, you know, and hopefully Eve will take a bite, you know? Hmm. Why would we want Eve to take a bite? That was one of the sins, the very first sin. I don't believe that it was. I mean, I think, you know, like, imagine I'm an apple tree sucking the living daylights out of the sun. And all of that beautiful bioplasma, I save as a mother and I encapsulate my seeds with it. And we call that ball of light fruit. So that light in the apple is a concentration of bioplasma, which is a concentration of consciousness. 
So man stopped being an ape, you know, when he focused on eating more and more bioplasma, um, you know, and all the other experiences we've had. And I mean, true apes eat fruit, you know, too, don't get me wrong. But just by, by the complexity of all these bioplasmas that we inducted into ourselves, we became, you know, we evolved. I mean, I think, you know, to go full, full wacko on you, um, you know, Earth is a kind of star school. And um, every day that we live a life on Earth, we get another wind in our silver thread. And so that gets wound around the magnet now. And so we, we become a kind of electromagnetic device for a few lifetimes. But at some point, a bit like a towel that you're wringing water out of, you know, it then knots up and knots up and knots up and becomes the sacred knot. And then it, it actually snaps in its core. And that's, that's what we call nuclear evolution when each of us becomes a star and takes our place in the firmament. Sounds like a topic for another day. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. I love it. It's all good, all good stuff. Um, Frequency I, matters, my dear. It sure does, doesn't it? What does that, what does that mean to you? I'm curious. Um, I, I really like it. I really like it. Um, I think frequency is a word that has been kind of um, um, parceled off into industry, <laughs> um, not so much into to well-being, but um, I, I like it. I, li I like to use the word frequency. Matters also, you know, I'm all about, um, you know, um, the understanding of the elements to get a better perspective or an unconditioned perspective of who and what we really are. So, and um, of course, matter is entirely made up from um, that waft and weave of the frequencies of sound and light. You know, this is, this is fact. Um, um, things happen where those guys meet like a carpet, you know? Yeah. I like that. And cymatics is a really beautiful journey. If if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, Google cymatics, C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S. You know, that's the shape of, you know, in the beginning, you were quoting the Bible earlier, weren't you? Or was I, you know, in the beginning was the word, you know, um, sound creates shape. Yes. And light gives it um, consciousness. Hence, like a crystal, as as Rumi said, you know, consciousness is awakening in the stones, dreaming in the plants, and active in the humans. You know, this kind of sense of understanding what even is consciousness. And um, you know, all the neurologists are looking for the beans in the can. You know, we've got another twenty-year deluded side salad from all these mechanically trained physicians thinking consciousness is in here. So where is consciousness? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. We tap into it. Consciousness is a field, you know, but we can we can accumulate it like a, a all-going accumulator. That's a human being <laughs> is an all-going accumulator. And then we stop being accumulating when, when we die. I kind of see us as um, antennas. 
Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. My my great friend, one of your colleagues at the Energy Medicine Exchange, Robin Kelly, he wrote a fabulous book called The Human Antennae. Huh. Hopefully he'll watch this and send you a copy. Cool. Very cool. How can our viewers follow you and your work, your lecture series and all the amazing things that you're doing in this field? Okay, well, the best way to honor me is just to, to get the biofield viewer um, and work with it. I mean, we've got thousands and thousands of practitioners around the world because I'm kind of a boring old fart now. Who farts? Um, so I think it's much better to, to just get the biofield viewer. We, we provide monthly access for like 20 bucks or you can buy the actual system. So, you know, we're trying to accommodate everybody because if people can see their own chakras and their own energy bodies, that's kind of a pretty good place to start. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I've got one of those funny names, you know, I, you don't need to keep up with the Joneses when you are the Joneses. Um, you know, you can just Google me and you'll find that I'm a fraudster and a, a quack and a gangster and all kinds of pharma-funded stuff. Or you might find an, an interesting lecture in some far-off land. But yeah, that's, yeah, I get to know my work by all means. Um, you know, I'm kind of operating um, as a trainer. You know, I spend all day training people. So if you want to spend time with me, then... Then, as I said, buy the system and I'll train you how to use it. Um, and that's what's happening a lot right now. I have um, just to look forward a bit. You know, a few days ago, um, we had a couple of young doctors um, getting really excited about the biofield viewer. They've been doing some work with Jerry Tennant's breakdown of, of understanding the disease as a breakdown of, of kind of a... a uh, electromagnetic properties um, and polarities needed need to be fixed in order for health to be recouped. Some really amazing stuff. But just the fact these guys were kind of medically trained and yet speaking, you know, this new integrative language gave me a lot of joy. And the fact that they were using our equipment to feel convinced by it, you know, that, that also was very powerful. And um, so that's really where I'm at. You know, I've got a lot of... Um, brilliant research joint ventures going on around the world with with different organizations and brian um is crikey have to excuse me brian i've just had a brain freeze for a moment um but there's a, a, a team at the monroe institute in virginia they've just bought a couple of our machines to kind of do some stereo awesome. interesting work let's wrap it up um, maybe give a few tips um, and tidbits, secret information for our special. Okay, members. well, that's good. Thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you gained some insights from our conversation. If you'd like to check out the secret tips that Thornton shares with me at the end of this video, be sure to check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash frequency matters. And stay tuned for our next special guest on this podcast where we will continue to interview and have conversations with leading edge people in the field doing really cool things with sound and light frequencies because frequency matters. Thank you and have a blessed and beautiful day.